0: My name is Zach DeVries and I'm a Saanich councillor. And I was also the chair of our housing strategy task force that helped us develop a housing strategy for Saanich.
1: From the traditional territories of the Lekwangan and Wasanich peoples on Southern Vancouver Island, I'm Dean Murdoch, and this is Amazing Places. Welcome back to the podcast Zach DeVries. It's great to have you here again. Um, we got a chance to have a I guess a sneak peek into what was coming in the housing strategy back in March when you were on the podcast. Now the strategy's been approved. It's out there. It's been uh, the public's had a chance to provide feedback. It's now an officially endorsed Sanich document. I guess first of all congratulations on on the completion of uh sanich's first ever housing strategy
0: thank you uh no i appreciate that and and you know, i would just echo that thanks to all the members of the housing strategy task force who dedicated you know um a whole over a dozen probably thursday evenings let alone all the review time Uh, as well as, uh, you know, comprehensive effort from staff or consultant team, and um, a really significant uh, engagement with Santa residents through the survey process as well over this last year. So, uh, thank you to everyone involved in it.
1: Definitely a big effort in order to get it uh, achieved and developed and published. Um, from your perspective, what are you most proud of in terms of what, uh, what ended up going into the strategy and what the strategy represents?
0: Uh, I'm most proud that this represents a really comprehensive and, and thoughtful approach to housing. We've seen other strategies in, in other municipalities focus, I think, too narrowly in certain aspects of the housing system. Um, This strategy really looks at, you know, how do we address the housing system from um, an entire housing spectrum approach, everything from, um, you know, extraordinarily low-income households to, um, you know, higher-income residents as well, and everything in between, including non-market, below-market, and market units.
1: Why, I mean, I, I think anybody who's been paying attention would know why it was important to develop and, and uh, approve a strategy, but why don't you give us a little bit of context here? Why, from, why was it important to you? Why did Saanich need to have a housing strategy?
0: Yeah, um, I think for me, um, I think like many people I, I fell in love with Saanich for you know, many similar reasons. I grew up in a neighborhood that was uh, diverse and was home to people of a variety of, of, of incomes and backgrounds and lifestyles. And I think what we've seen is as housing prices have uh, begun to run away from local incomes, we've, we've seen that new entrants into a lot of our neighborhoods uh, are only w- wealthier individuals because we don't have... Um, a contemporary and diverse housing stock that supports uh the range of individuals that our housing stock used to. And so for me, um uh, a housing strategy was really about how do we keep um Saanich great in the way that it is in the way that it supports um a diverse range of, of people both in terms of incomes and backgrounds and ensures that we have uh an inclusive community because I think you know if housing is not affordable to a a wide range of, of the income spectrum, it's hard to say that you have an inclusive community.
1: I had a look at the strategy, both when it was in draft form, so I could provide some feedback um, during the, the public survey process, uh, and then had a look at the, the final version of the document. And uh, I have to say, I'm, I am thoroughly impressed with the number of Uh, actions that have been identified, some of which are still a bit vague, Uh, it's not entirely clear what they're going to look like when they get implemented, but you can certainly see from at least the spirit of the language that there's going to be some very significant things involved in, in making it happen, policy changes, regulatory changes. Uh, and, and different programs that Saanich would introduce. What stands out most to you? What do you think would be something that you'd, you'd want to highlight for folks who haven't had a chance to look through the document?
0: Uh, yeah, I think I would, I would point people right away to our, our top 12 actions um, because it really focuses on, um, you know, our next three years and what that looks like as a community. And so uh, and these are kind of the big ticket items that are going to have the most significant impact in terms of uh, you know, benefiting Sanchez residents in terms of housing affordability. And it's everything from you know, how do we create new housing um, in a non-market sense you know, by leveraging some of Sanchez's own properties to you know, how do we protect our existing rental stock through tenant assistance policy and guidelines or um, how do we promote more purpose-built rental because we've seen that as uh, probably the, the most significant shortage in sanchez's housing stock. But then we also see actions that are focused on Saanich's roots of being a place where people can start their families. And so we see a missing middle housing program that's really focused on, um, you know, more affordable forms of ground oriented development that can support um, the greater diversity of families that we're at family structures that we're seeing these days. Uh, included in that too is this look at a district wide approach to housing, which I think. Will be a new one because we've seen housing crop up in a few of our plans that have been focused on a local area, whether, um, whether it's um, the draft Cordova local area plan or it's the Uptown Douglas plan. Um, but this would really look at the big picture of Saanich because um, housing is a municipal wide issue. It's indeed a regional issue, but of course, the Saanich we can only control um, our part of it. And that's also why we're going to be diving internally in terms of looking at our development review process to see you know where is sandwich creating barriers to to housing um, across the spectrum and what can we do uh, to achieve better outcomes through our own direct actions um, and this would include too uh, being able to prioritize and ex- expedite affordable housing projects and be a better partner with the capital regional district and with the BC government, as well as the federal government when it comes to bringing on non-market and below market housing. And it also will bake in accountability in terms of, we'll be tracking our progress and, and monitoring it and making adjustments as needed to ensure that we don't lose sight of our intended outcomes.
1: You talked about a missing middle housing program for Saanich, and that's been a topic I've heard so much about missing middle. Uh, We've talked a lot about a lot about it on this podcast. We had a whole live panel discussion dedicated to um, missing middle housing. How, do, how does the strategy make a meaningful impact in terms of missing middle? So maybe for folks who aren't familiar with the term, although if they're listening to this, they probably are, could you just give us a quick rundown on, on what you would think is included there? And then what are some of the things that would be part of that program that would allow Zanich to actually create more missing middle housing?
0: Yeah, so great question. And so um, for our purposes, uh, missing middle is everything from something as simple as a duplex to stacked townhouses and even low-rise apartment buildings um, which include walk-ups and so it's a broad broad spectrum there um, each serving uh, different needs and uh, the the real part here is is about how do we make it easier to build these more affordable forms of housing uh, compared to the more expensive forms because right now um you know the path of least resistance is towards high income housing and so uh we'll be we'll be looking at uh uh, through a missing middle policy we'll be looking at ways to um really address that issue and and make sure that if if people want to bring forward missing middle housing because of the social need that it's going to fill um that it is easy to do so
1: how do you i mean this is uh, an extremely ambitious document strategy with a a number of initiatives that have been or actions that have been identified within it you talked about the first dozen that are either underway or will soon be underway what can council do to ensure that this doesn't become another document that sits on a shelf how do you ensure that these um, actions actually do get implemented
0: Um, Absolutely, so um, I always think, you know, the most sincere form of rhetoric is the budget, and so we need to ensure that this is properly funded throughout because uh, this cannot be achieved under existing resources and so there needs to be. phase ramp up to support implementation so Council bears responsibility there and I think we've heard loud and clear from the public that they're interested in us. um, getting better housing outcomes for their kids and for the rest of their families and also. Um, new residents as well who are feeling the pinch. And so um, a big part of this is the evaluation and monitoring framework. And so one of the last things I did when we were approving the strategy was ensure that we referred that to the Mayor's Standing Committee on Affordable Housing and Supply. And I've also brought it on the agenda at our Planning Transportation Economic Development Advisory Committee, because I think we need to ensure that there's a really robust framework to monitor our progress both in terms of, you know, how much have we implemented of the strategy, but also in terms of are we achieving what we're setting out to achieve, are we are we getting better housing outcomes for our residents. And that will make an accountability as well to ensure that uh, we're not experiencing a situation where we've completed the strategy, but we haven't uh, enhanced housing outcomes.
1: You talk about new resources being required under the budget. What kind of resources do you foresee coming forward? Um, It won't be too much longer now until you're talking about the 2022 budget. What uh, what might we see in there that would be a reflection of the strategy?
0: Uh, Yeah, we'll see. um, we'll, We'll see new resources going to planning, and that's something we've been doing over the last few years. There's been historic. Uh, disinvestment in in the department Um, and so we're going to ensure that they have the the resources that they need or at least that will be what is going to be put to council Um, and there may be also a a need for um, consultant work for um, some of this policy development because uh, the housing strategy is a roadmap But in each of these cases, uh, you know, there's more public engagement to be had on the specifics of each policy. There's more um, policy work and analysis that needs to be done to determine, you know, the specifics and exactly uh, what things look like before council approves um, each, each strategy and action item that's part of this strategy. And so it's really gonna evolve over the next couple of years, what these resources look like.
1: And I imagine part of that exercise is reconciling the difference between what a local area plan might say, what the official community plan might say, and then what a housing strategy suggests is uh, the appropriate course of action, particularly when we're talking about um, neighborhoods that are predominantly zoned for single family use, um, that it would be a fairly significant change to start permitting some of these multi-family type units uh that you described in in uh the missing middle category uh if they were to start to appear in those largely single family neighborhoods so is that sort of what you're you're thinking about in terms of the time and consultation work that's going to be required
0: um, the, um certainly in part um, it really depends on on the item that you know there's some that require less and some that require more um, and some are contingent, right? Like we have applied for grant funding for our on-site, uh, or sorry, our on-site parking requirements. Um, if we're not granted that funding, we'll have to make the decision on, on whether or not we fund that project ourselves um, and things like that. And then, yeah, we need to um, do more engagement about some of the outcomes of this housing strategy engagement, which, for example, um, signaled strong support majority support, in fact, for a district-wide approach um, to our community planning. And so that could change our direction on how we do some of our long-range planning. And so, for example, um, we'll, we'll have to consider about how do we reconcile our many plans and, and bring them together in something that's more cohesive. And this was something identified as well through our development process review our third-party review of our planning department was that yeah, there's contradictions between different plans that we have and it will be important to reconcile that.
1: I know uh, having been on council, having sat in your seat, although I never uh, shared anything quite like a housing strategy but uh, I do know that there's a lot of policy, policy regulatory program work that goes on at the staff level that goes through council for consideration and approval Uh, and that that can often be quite a protracted process Uh, so thinking about those kinds of changes that would need to take place in order to actually start to deliver some new housing, some more housing for folks, and different types of housing for folks. When do you foresee some of these things starting to come to fruition, so people would actually see the difference that the strategy is making in Sanage?
0: Yeah, that's a that's a great uh, question. I think it really depends on the investment from all levels of government. How soon we'll we'll see impacts? Because I think you know our top twelve priority actions. Um, you know, will be completed in the next three years, which I think will be um, substantial, but really there's two pieces here um, that will determine whether or not we have better housing outcomes. One is that to meet the needs of people of lower incomes, um, there's gonna be a need for further government investment in that housing stock, because that's not something that uh, the market can produce because when you look at the construction costs alone, like take profit out of the equation, um, you know, good examples you can look at um, Uvic student housing, right? Uh, it's a two hundred million dollar uh, building, um, and there's going to be about eight hundred units in there, and that works out to about two hundred fifty thousand dollars each. And so, and you know, you look at that structure. Obviously, that wouldn't be family friendly um, in that in that case. But you can start to see the picture where construction costs alone exclude um, many residents and that kind of demand that is out there for low and even moderate income households and so that's where we really need the province and the federal government to intervene and and to step up um and so it will really be um dependent on on how they do uh, when it comes to kind of the below market side and the, the market side of housing um this is going to be the real test for you know how effective is our our market policies and and um That remains to be seen a bit because there's such uh, a historic shortage in housing. And so, you know, it'll be interesting to see how quickly can we catch up to all the demand that's been out there and has been building for uh, decades now. And we've seen in a lot of cases across Canada that it it does. It does take a lot. You don't tend to see prices come down. I think we're hoping to see prices uh, um, stabilize. But even that will require, you know, pretty um, pretty incredible um, effort and and change in the amount of housing we're building. Because you can look at our historic trends of building about, you know, 600 odd units a year. And even with that, you know, you look at the past decade and house prices have doubled. And so that's a clear signal that that 600 units a year is not enough. And the question is how much much will be enough to satiate uh, the demand that's out there? And that's what we're going to find out.
1: If uh, you were you had the chance, well, you do have the chance on this podcast to talk to people who were um, either in the market to try and rent or, or buy in Saanich or perhaps they're existing homeowners and they're concerned about their kids or even their grandkids finding a place in Saanich. What do you want them to know about what Saanich is attempting to do here?
0: Um, yeah, I, well, I want them to know that like, you know, we see you and we hear you and we know that, you know, either you're struggling to find, um, appropriate housing for yourself or your family, or you're worried about, um, people that you love trying to do the same. And this is a very credible, um, attempt at us trying to realize better housing outcomes for you and your family and your loved ones. And this will hopefully help us build, um, you know more sustainable neighborhoods as well both on the social side here and on the environmental side as well as um, it will feed into economic vibrancy because we know too that uh, um, there's a lot of activities that people love and enjoy about their communities that rely on workers of all different types of income and we need to make sure that there's a a place for them and i think that this is a strategy um, that does that is really looking at everyone from someone who doesn't make any income to you know, people who, who make a lot and everyone in between. And um, we look forward to their ongoing engagement with us as we go down this journey.
1: Zach DeVries is a Saanich councillor and was the chair of Saanich's housing task force uh, taking on a considerable amount of effort to move forward the very recently approved Saanich housing strategy. Zach, thank you so much for taking the time to chat with us again about this strategy and we'd love to have you come back to, to talk about some of the progress you're making.
0: Thanks for having me on Dean. It's a pleasure as always.
1: This has been another episode of Amazing Places. I'm Dean Murdoch. Thanks for listening.